What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Rob and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Rob Goldberger. And we're back this week. I know we took the week off last week. Apologies for that. Uh, I was dealing with some medical issues that I had to take care of. So fortunately, we could not film the episode last weekend. But to be honest, we didn't miss too much. So it was a good weekend to miss. Um, But we're back this week. If you haven't already, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel if you are new. And we've got some fun stuff to talk about. Maybe not fun in nature, but um, I mean, there, there's been some pretty pretty significant news, you could say, in the last two weeks. So we're going to jump right in and we're going to talk about something that's happened a little bit, a little while ago. So we're not going to spend too much time on it. But essentially, everyone, you, if you're watching this podcast, you probably know the news. Deshaun Watson uh, finally has been officially suspended 11 games. He also received, I believe, a $5 million fine. So obviously, this is an increase from the six games that Judge Sue Robinson recommended a little earlier in the month. So Deshaun, he's not going to be eligible, I guess, until, what is it? Is it week 13 against yeah. the Texans, which is just, I mean, yeah, <laughs> prime NFL, uh, to say the least, with that one. But 11 games, obviously, this is a much bigger impact on the Brown season than just the six games. Your thoughts on the, the whole suspension and uh, – Obviously, the state of the Cleveland Browns we'll get to in a second. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that the suspension ended up being longer. I mean, uh, I think the NFL is obviously always going to push for more than six games. I think Deshaun Watson himself was even surprised to learn that he got six games. He seemed like he was expecting at least eight games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 11 games, I guess, from a Browns perspective, it's not the worst thing in the world when they have him under contract for five years. And it does – however, it does dramatically change, you know, the outlook of their season because – Griff and I were talking about how they had a lot of winnable games with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, you know, in those first six games of the season. But obviously now, you know, Deshaun Watson is missing over half the season. So, I mean, in terms of 2022 Browns outlook, it, it is huge news. But, I mean, I, I think the Browns will honestly take it. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, obviously, like you said, it, it was always probably going to be longer than six games. I think Cleveland, I think everyone involved is just happy that it's over with at this point and that there's no more question mark. Like, this is done. It's 11 games and that, you know, it is what it is at this point. Obviously, I think the Cleveland Brown season is in, in huge jeopardy. Um, I don't know. I, I would, if I had to say right now, I'd say they're not going to be a playoff team just because 11 games of Jacoby Percet, even with a good defense, even with that rushing attack, I just don't think he can get it done. I mean, we saw Baker Mayfield last year was – you know, pretty bad, obviously banged up and they weren't able to to make the playoffs. Now, maybe they will if, if Deshaun, you know, comes back and has a really good end of the season. But Sean Watson also hasn't played in like two years now. So I think for the Browns at this point, what they can take out of it is if this ends up being a lost season, Deshaun Watson will get, I guess, seven games at the end of the season to play and or six, six games at the end of the season to come in and play and maybe shake off that rust for next season. So at least, you know, he's coming in, might get some, he's going to get some game experience this year. Obviously the, the whole situation is, you know, it, it's a sad situation. It's, you know, the events of what has unfolded, not good at all. Um, you know, very upsetting. And, and, you know, I think it, it's a tough situation. Absolutely. And I think that, the punishment probably should be greater, but unfortunately the NFL's precedent that they've set has resulted in this punishment being what it is. If the NFL had set a precedent with all these past issues of 
of sexual assault or or domestic violence and you know people were getting suspended for over like like 12 to 16 games in a season Deshaun Watson would have easily been suspended for the full year if not more but the fact that of the matter is some of these guys are getting four games five games six games for you know yeah. Ruben Foster comes to mind initially when he came into the NFL obviously he yeah like incidents like not to the same extent potentially but you know similar I guess in the category of what's happened with Deshaun Watson and yeah and that's why it's 11 games and not more and and it's only the NFL's fault to blame for that because you had you have this federal judge coming in and ruling and she's not going to be able to just say yeah he should be suspended for two years when guys are doing you know similar things in the NFL gave four years so at the end of the day the NFL, obviously, they were pushing for more, but this falls on their hands. This is b- bad precedent set by them, and and that resulted in, you know, that they had to come to a settlement ultimately because, you know, Deshaun wasn't probably going to get suspended for the whole year. I, I don't even know who was going to hear his case, but I, I think that both sides knew it probably wasn't going to be a full year. Both sides knew that, you know, let's just come to terms and, and save any lawsuits and, and stuff like that from happening. The NFL's corrupt, though. I mean, there's nothing new about that, and the, when you see the the first game he's coming is at Houston, it's just like, oh my god, like what are we doing here? Like they, you should have just made it twelve games at this point. At that point, like, oh my god. Uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said, especially you know about you know this is the NFL standard, and unfortunately they're lying. They dug their own grave, and now they have to lie in it. Unfortunately, but uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, uh, I think it's I think it's just such a tricky situation. I mean, it really is. It's it's. I, I do wonder, in retrospect, if the Cleveland Browns could have done the whole thing over again. I wonder if you were to ask Andrew Barry, would you do this whole thing over again? What would the answer he would give you? I wonder what the answer he would give you is. I think as of right now, Probably yes. it's resolved. Probably yes. But two months ago, I don't know. I think it'd probably be yes. I think that – look, the Cleveland Browns, say what you want about Deshaun Watson and – you know, the incident, I'm not just, you know, it's no. horrible what has happened. You know, I don't want either of us to, you know, it, it to sound like either of us are, are saying anything other than that. But the Cleveland Browns, you know, one thing this team has done is they've given second chances. And that's what you hear the, the owners talking about, Jimmy and D Haslam. They gave Kareem Hunt a second chance. And you look at where he's at now. I mean, a lot of people kind of have forgotten about that, the incident yeah. that occurred, which is, it's just kind of crazy how these things kind of just happen. And in pro sports and and all of a sudden these people are kind of if they're playing well they're they're forgiven and and i'm not saying that like yeah big ben obviously that these people are like evil people that should be like i am a believer in second chances myself so it's obviously interesting but you know which is why i think that you know the cleveland browns would probably do this again because from a football perspective it's the right move to make because if deshaun watson can come back and be you know, the guy he was, Cleveland's got as good a shot, you know, as they've had in their history of the of the franchise to win a Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson. So, you know, it's a football move in that regard, and they believe in second chances. They've done it in the past. They've, they've taken criticism in the past, and they've, they're taking a lot now. And, you know, I think I feel bad for some of the other players on, on the Browns because it's probably a lot of unwanted attention, unwanted questions that they have to deal with. And But the that that's the NFL and you know obviously we will see what happens but you know it, it's it's finally over and I think a lot of people involved are probably happy even you know all the women that 
you know, sued basically have settled at this point, I think, too. So for the most part, obviously, this is not, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just rambling at this point. Yeah, uh, I, but If I understand what you're saying, it, it's a tough situation to talk about. And obviously, you're not trying to mean anybody. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just trying to think about it from a football perspective. It, yeah. it, it's a hard it, thing to talk about from a football perspective, but that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. But, you know, obviously it's going to be Jacoby Brissett going uh, going for the Browns. And I guess with that, we'll move on here to – we're going to do some some projections for the standings today. Obviously, we are two weeks today from now we will be opening kickoff, which is crazy. We obviously saw yesterday college football kicked off. My Northwestern Wildcats got the, the big first W of the season. Um, even near Northwestern, they're, uh, they're a threat to be reckoned with. So maybe they can shake up the, uh, the big 10 West, but, um, so yeah, I mean, football is, is basically back. Obviously the preseason's wrapping up at this point, but we're going to go through the divisions, uh, maybe give our, our, I guess we'll even go one through four. Why not? We'll have fun with it. And, uh, next week we'll, we'll probably maybe dive into week one and also do some, some fantasy football, I think would be fun to do next week too. So we're going to do divisions today though. Um, and we'll start off right in the uh, the AFC East. Rob, what are you thinking with the AFC East? You can go one through four. I, one through four, I guess, is fine. Give the, the projection I'll, of the order. I'm going to go with the Bills. Okay. And you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna have to go with the Patriots ahead of the Dolphins, even still this year. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I'm going to third. Unfortunately, Griff, I'm going to have to put your Jets last. Oh, you don't think Zach Wilson can get it done? I don't know. I feel like Zach Wilson's got the division on lock. Um, Here's the the thing. A healthy Joe Flacco could lead you to, you know, well, 3-0 start. (laughs) You never know. Yeah, I mean, the Bills winning this division seems like probably the easiest uh, division to predict in in all of sports at this point. Um, Number two, two and three is going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be very close. Like the Patriots are just a weird team. Like I, I to me, they just didn't get better this offseason. I think if anything, no. they're they're just kind of the same team. Maybe they got a little worse. I don't really know. It's they didn't really do anything. Their draft wasn't anything impressive. They picked that guy who you know that you heard the Rams saying that that was like a third or yeah. fourth round guy for them. The way uh, they the way Shaq Mason too. You know, for a fifth round pick. What team is Shaq Mason? Is he on the? I where did they trade him? I know they traded him this all. Was it the Raiders? Could be. Not 100% sure. I'm curious. Um, sorry, I'm, I just want to see. Shaq Mason. Let's see. Buccaneers. Oh. Okay. That makes sense. Bill the Bucs just have all these guys on the O-line, man. They just have all these guys, even though they're hurt. like They're a little banged up there, though. They are banged up. Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins at two. I think that Miami, they they played really well towards the back end of last year. And, I mean, that's kind of been a trend the last few years. They've, they've had really, you know, strong stretches. I think that this is a huge year for Tua. I'm not saying I'm believing in Tua, that Tua can get the job done. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. I, if I had to predict, I'd say probably not. But I, I think that that offense should be really good. I think Mike McDaniel is an offensive genius. I think when you give him – Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to play around with. Um, I think he's going to do some cool, fun things. And I think that Tua, he is pretty accurate in terms of, you know, the short passes and and 
And I think they can do some really creative things with him. And I think that defense is underrated too. So I'll go Dolphins to Patriots at three. I just think the Patriots are just like, I'm, I I just don't, there's nothing on that team that just gets me excited. It's just, it's just boring football. I, I kind of think that the whole division is pretty is pretty pretty mediocre outside of, outside of the Bills. I don't really think any of these teams can make any type of noise. I think the Dolphins. Night. I think well. I think the thing with like I think the Patriots. Like, there's just nothing on that team that's just like to me fun to watch. Like, I don't. I wouldn't turn on a Patriots game and be like. And they lo- they lost J C Jackson this offseason. I mean, I mean, totally forgot about that. So they did get worse. Um, I just like with the with the Dolphins, for example, you got those two explosive wide receivers. Like I'm very curious to see how they do with the Jets. Yeah. All these young guys, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. Like I'm, I think with the Jets, I'm even more excited to just. Even though I think the Patriots are going to be better than the Jets, and there's just some excitement with the Patriots. I just think it's they're they're an average team. I think they're about a eight and eight and nine, nine and eight level team. I just don't think they're anything I, better or worse. I just. Two is just so painfully average to me. Like this is, yeah. I can believe they're rolling into the season with Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and this guy at quarterback. And I understand backing. I understand backing your fifth overall pick. I get it. I get you have to stick with him, especially because you drafted him right before Justin Herbert. That's the other component that people forget. Um, but yeah, man, I, I I just don't think two is it. I just don't think that. I, I'm not disagreeing. Of, they could sneak into the seventh wild card spot, but I don't see them really like. I'll be real; I just don't see them competing with any of the AFC West teams. I think the Bills are better than them. I just don't. I you know I just don't think that this is a team that, that stacks up with the elites in the AFC at all. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that this team is on that level. I just think that they're. I think they're decent. I, I think that you know with those guys on offense, they have a solid defense. I think we could see some, you know, look at what Mike McDaniel, obviously you had Kyle Shanahan there, so it's a tough comparison. But Jimmy G, I mean, he had some explosive guys, and and look what they were able to do. So I'm not saying that that's going to be the same situation whatsoever or the defense is the same level, but, you know, I, I think that Miami, I think they're going to find success. I, th- I don't think they're, I agree, I don't think they're on the level of those AFC West teams per se, but I think they're going to be threatening for a, uh, you know, seven or six seed per se, so. That's my take on them. AFC North, this division's really interesting. This, every team is, uh, you know, you got the Bengals, the defending AFC champs, the the Ravens with, you know, they're they're really banged up last year. They're coming back healthy. The Browns, obviously, we talked about, it, and then the Steelers. It seems like Trubisky's going to start, but Pickett seem, you know, maybe Pickett's got to probably eventually take over. You would imagine, but how do you how do you see that division lining up? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going to pick the Ravens to win this division, actually. Um, and I'll, I'll go through my reasoning after, but I'll just give you the order first. I'll go, I'll go with the ring, the Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. That'll be an order for me. And obviously, you know, if Deshaun Watson was healthy, it'd be a way different start, but we've already discussed that. Um, I, I, I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. I think you know that at this point. I think that this guy is just a truly, truly special QB. When he, was, he was literally trying to drag that team drag them to the playoffs toward to the end before he got hurt last year. Um, and, you know, they were in a good spot, actually, before he got hurt. People forget that, I, you know, they beat the Chiefs. I, I you know, I just think Lamar, like, I, I think this Ravens team is going to be really good this year. And I think Rashad Bateman is actually going to end up having a really special season. Um, I, the amount of targets he was getting for the amount he was on the field last year was just absolutely crazy. Lamar Jackson loves, the, loves to find this guy, you know, obviously – Mark Andrews is there, but I, I'm just a huge believer in this Ravens team. And I, I honestly think 
you know, they've had very limited playoff success recently, but I think this is a team that can absolutely win the AFC. And look, I, I, I'm high on the Bengals too. You know, Griffin and I have talked about it a lot. We, we're just not sure that this is a team that can replicate its performance, especially in the playoffs from last year. And I, I really do think the Ravens are going to be much stronger than they are this year. Uh, and as with the two teams at the bottom of the division, you know, I, the Browns sort of a moot point because, you know, they don't have their most important, you know, player. Uh, but the, the Steelers, man, I, look, I, I, I understand starting Trubisky because, you know, he's been the guy in camp. He's been the guy in preseason. He's been their best quarterback. But I, I don't understand what, what are you gaining out of starting Mitchell Trubisky? I don't what, – what else do you need to know about him that already hasn't been found out? I mean, I, I – I, Mason, have you ever heard of a more pathetic trio of QBs than Mason, Rudolph, Mitchell, Trubisky, and Kenny Pickett? And, look, to be honest with you, if Kenny Pickett can't beat out either of these guys in camp, and, you know, he seems to be the clear third guy, which is a little bit concerning to me. You know, he's sort of been fighting – he was earlier, I should say. But, I mean, I, I kind of just think – I don't know. I, I'm a little skeptical of Kenny Pickett. <clears throat> I mean, you know, obviously Griff and I, if you remember our draft cards, we were never really big fans of any of these QBs. And obviously the rest of the NFL wasn't considering, you know, Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback drafted before the third round. So I, I do wonder how that's going to come back, you know, and look for the Steelers. But, I, I, you know, if he's starting by week five or six, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think that they've just, they're just kind of set. They kind of just, I think, decided ahead of time that he was not going to start. And I think, I don't think he's really ever had a true chance, if we're being honest, of, of starting uh, week one. I think they've always kind of gone in. I mean, they paid Mitchell Trubisky, what, like two years, 15 million. So I think they always wanted to Easy, give crazy. Mitch a little bit of a, a little bit of run there. And then if he struggles, Pickett will be uh, ready. I, I have the top of this division different. I have the, I have a Bengals, Ravens, Brown Steelers. I just am not a big believer in this Ravens. I just think offensively, like, I think they're going to be good. I think Lamar Jackson obviously poses a, a lot of threats. There's just no – obviously, you've got Mark Andrews. Obviously, Rashad Bateman's pretty good. But outside of that, like, who is it? Who's there? Like, Devin Duvernay? Like, there's just no guys there. And to me, look, we've seen teams like the Chiefs do it with, you know. But even then, they had guys like McCole Hardman is, is better than what they the Ravens have at their number two. Sammy Watkins they had at times. Like, the Ravens just have no one there outside of Rashad Bateman, who's a second-year wide receiver who – He's gonna. He's a good player, but he hasn't really proved anything yet. Obviously, Mark Andrews had a great year last year. His peak of his success, his success though, was with Tyler Huntley when Lamar was out, and and Tyler Huntley was just a, a Mark Andrews. He must have had him in fantasy because Mark Andrews put up like thirty points a week in fantasy. But I think the Ravens are going to be good. I think they're going to be really good defensively. I think they're probably going to be a playoff team. I just think that Cincinnati Bengals offense is just going to be. I just think. You look what they did last year. Last year was Jamar Chase's first year in the NFL, as shocking as that is. It feels like he's been in there forever. Joe Burrow's first real first full season? Yeah, right? He tore his ACL, yeah. and then it's his first full season he made the Super Bowl. I think we're going to see this team a lot more experienced. They added to that O-line. Joe Mixon's going to be good. Their wide receivers, obviously, everyone knows them. The defense should be similar to last year. I don't think it's going to be much, you know, different. I don't think it'll be better. I don't think it'll be worse per se. I think it's probably going to be pretty average like it was last year. I mean, their D-line is pretty good. Trey Hendrickson is one of the more underrated players in the game right now. So I just think the Bengals offensively have just – and they own the Ravens too. Like it, may, it very well may come down to head-to-head. 
and we saw what they did last year. Obviously, the Ravens were extremely banged up, so take that yeah. how you will. But I just think there's something about the Bengals. I think that I agree with you. I wouldn't say that they're the AFC favorites. I wouldn't say that they're going to repeat as AFC champions. I just think that right now I would take them over the Ravens in this division. Obviously, the rest of the division we've kind of talked about, though. Browns, obviously, they're just kind of in a tough spot. They'll probably be around 500, 7, 8, 9 wins, something like that. Probably not good enough to make the playoffs in the AFC. And then the Steelers. The Steelers could be a very good team. I mean, the thing about the Steelers that I think I find so fascinating is how we're talking about this team like they're so bad. They're they're terrible. This team made the playoffs last year with Ben Roethlisberger, who was by far the worst quarterback in the NFL. Like anyone – Mitchell Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, like any of these guys are probably still better than Big Ben, how he was playing at the end of the year. So I think it's very it's very interesting how people keep writing off the Steelers, including myself. I just think I, I don't know how they pulled that off last year and made the playoffs, but we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm very curious to see how they play this year, but it is interesting because obviously they snuck in kind of somehow and got killed, but Big Ben was the QB. He was the corpse of Big Ben. It wasn't, you know, it was a, a true corpse back there, and they managed to make the playoffs. So we'll see. I don't know what's going to happen with them, obviously. But Mike Tomlin, that that guy is one of the best head coaches in the NFL. One of the best head coaches, arguably, of all time, potentially. I mean, that guy is I mean, he does just an incredible left. coach. Yeah, it's just insane. Yeah, Probably yeah. the second best head coach of this generation, him, him yeah. and Belichick, right? Rob- it's got to be. Andy, him or Andy, for sure. Andy, Andy Reid, too, yeah. But that's, the, that's the top three right there. Those are the yeah, goats. AFC sure. South, this is a bad division. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I got the Colts winning this division, to be honest with you. I think Matt Ryan is such a massive, massive upgrade over Carson Wentz. I'm a huge Matt Ryan fan. I actually think – I was actually kind of sad that he was wasting his final years in Atlanta because – I think there's this big perception that this guy is like washed, you know, he's a similar level of Carson Wentz from here. I still think, you know, this guy is still to me, a top 12, 14 quarterback in the league. Like I think that this is a guy who can still really, really play. I think he still is a really strong. Obviously, you know, not a, he was never a mobile quarterback, but Matt Ryan obviously ran that triple option at Boston College a little bit. You know, he, 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 you know, he, he could run a little bit, but look, I, I think he's going to give the Colts a huge security blanket I understand the receiving core isn't the best, but I really do. You know, Matt Ryan is going to think he's in heaven with that Colts upgrade over the offensive line upgrade. You know, you know Jalen Mayfield is no longer blocking for him. So I I, I, I really do think he's going to have a lot of success in Indianapolis last year. And, I mean, you know, the Colts were a playoff team last year. They really were. They were to They should have been in the playoffs. Uh... Their quarterback choked massively the last two games. I mean, that, that's sort of what it came down to. He wasn't good enough. And I hate to pick on the I, I don't hate to pick on the guy. I love to pick on the guy. But I, I, <laughs> I, I, you know, there's a reason they went out and got Matt Ryan after one year and, you know, ate some salary. And, you know, they, they didn't commit a small amount of money to Carson Wentz and they still decided to get rid of him. So, I mean, I, I just think I, I really like the Colts this year. And, you know, I, I'll have the Titans second in this division because I have to. But I'm really not too bullish in the Titans or bullish on the Titans this year. Uh, and I'll explain why. I, I just don't think. A.J. Brown, I think, was sort of the end. I understand Derrick Henry. I understand that, he, you know, he's one of the best running backs of all time. He's going to have a great season, I'm sure, again this year. But this is a guy who's coming off a serious injury, right? I mean, I, I'm very – I'm sure he'll still be great. I'm sure he will still be great. But I just want to, 
you know, I, I want to see how he can do it over a 16 game season again, if he can do it over a 16 game season again. And uh, uh, Robert Woods is really good. I'm sure Traylon Burks will be a, a solid receiver, but you know, Bobby Trees is coming off an injury. I, I just, uh, I have no confidence in their offense. I really don't think it's going to be good at all. Uh, I, I just don't get trading away AJ Brown, and I understand I'm an Eagles fan, but this guy, you know, he's a, he's a top. Uh, I think he's in that top tennis range in the league for sure. Um, and I, I, he's 24 years old. That that was the wide receiver market. If you want an elite receiver, if they want an elite receiver in the future, guess what? If Traylon Burks develops and becomes the next AJ Brown, he's going to get want to get paid too. I mean, that, that, that that's those are my thoughts on that. And uh, I'll go with I'll go with the Texans. Uh, I'll go with I'll go with the Texans third. Mm, I'll go with the Jags fourth and the te- third and the Texans fourth. Actually, and I actually like Davis Mills a lot, but uh, I'm just going to back my boy Doug Peterson. But I think both of these teams are obviously going to be really bad this year. I am really interested to see how Derek Singley Jr. plays, but if I had to, you know, have a takeaway, and obviously going to be a huge year for Trevor Lawrence, and I, I mentioned it before, but I do think he's going to he's going to thrive under Doug Peterson. That Derek Stingley pick is just, uh, uh, it's tough. Like, I just don't get it personally. I think that you look at a team like the Houston Texans and what this team needs in turn, like where their franchise is at, and they're in a complete rebuild. Like, they don't even know if they have the quarterback yet. You don't really have any young wide receivers, per se. I mean, you got Brandon Cook, sure, but outside of that, you know, you don't obviously Damian Pierce has, has lit up preseason that I would have just personally gone with one of the tackles there. I don't really know why they didn't. Um, it, it kind of perplexed. Who was their second pick in the first round? Was it like not hundred? I think it was, it was they uh, traded uh, back, right? It took an offensive lineman. I think it was like okay. Kenyon Green or something like hey, that. Yeah. So I don't know. That third pick is going to be. It just reminds me, obviously the Jets took Sauce Gardner fourth, but then they take the Jets are in a different spot in terms of their rebuilds. I don't know. Um, I have the same standings as you, Colts, Titans, Jags, Texans. I think the Colts are definitely the by far the best team in this division. I'd be absolutely shocked if they don't win this. Matt Ryan, like you said, big upgrade. He's just better than Carson Wentz. I think this Colts team should have been in the playoffs last year, and they just that that game against Jacksonville was just utter embarrassing. <laughs> um, obviously, Jonathan Taylor, he's back. I just you just got to hope he doesn't get injured because that team will go as Jonathan Taylor goes. No matter how much of an upgrade Matt Ryan is, the receivers, you know, they're solid. Michael Pittman's going to have a good year. If Jonathan Taylor is the engine of this team, and and this team will go as far as he goes, essentially, is what I would say. Um, their defense also is so good. I think it's so underrated. Darius Leonard. I think Darius Leonard to me, I. I this guy to me is arguably like you. Obviously, Aaron Donald you, is the best defensive player in the NFL. Probably TJ Watt, maybe number two, but Darius right. Leonard to me is like top three or top five. Like this guy is one of the most underrated still players in the NFL. He is just yeah one of my favorite defensive players to watch. He is so good. The Colts really underrated team. They bring in Stephon Gilmore. They should be really good. They should win this division. It would be honestly like Frank Reich if, if this team if. This team is healthy and doesn't win the division. Frank Reich is on the hot seat. As good of a coach as I think he is. Oh yeah. It, definitely. Like he's he's going if this if they don't make the playoffs this year, assuming like Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor are, are not injured. Uh Titans at two, like you said, I'm not really big on this Titans team. 
They're just better than the other two teams. Their defense, we saw it last year in that Bengals game. That defense, they can provide some serious pressure on the quarterback. That was a pretty impressive defensive performance in that, uh, I guess it was AFC divisional game or, yeah, or wild card. Yeah, divisional game because they were the one seed somehow. That team was the one seed in the AFC last year. Uh, I'm not a big believer in Ryan Tannehill either. I think he is not good. Obviously, they gave him the extension because of, of what he's done. And look, he he's led them to the playoffs. He's led them to, to playoff wins. So, so take it how it is. Obviously, it's not a good contract, but he's 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 done a good job for them. And Derrick Henry is the key to this team if they have any hope of success. His status, his health, I, I expect him to be healthy. I mean, he did come back last year in the playoffs and it's not like this was an injury that he was rehabbing throughout the whole offseason. Obviously, he was getting stronger and getting it healthy, but he was back at the end of last year. So I think he'll be good to go. And, um, you know, was his pace sustainable from last year that he was on? Can he do that this year? Probably not, but I'm curious to see how that goes. Jags at three. I think they're just better than the Texans right now. I think that the Texans, they just don't really have anything. The Texans like like Davis Mills, yeah, he's he saw you got Brandon Cooks. Damian Pierce looks good in preseason, but it's preseason. Like outside of that, though, defensively, uh, like there's just nothing there. Like this is a two three win team, the Houston Texans. The Jags, they go out, they spend all this money. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is a uh, not a make or break year, obviously for him, but a huge year in assessing his potential. I think if it's another disappointing year, you start talking about it. You know, maybe he doesn't have it. Maybe maybe it's not him because. You know, he's got some guys. He's got Christian Kirk, who obviously did not deserve his payday. Happy he got it. Good for him. Um, and is not a number one wide receiver, but he should be good. And I think the key for this Jags team is this, that duo at running back and seeing how they operate those guys. Travis Etienne coming back. That was Trevor Lawrence's guy in college. And I think you give him his guy, this offense, you know, ultimately, I, I know fantasy-wise, Travis Etienne, James Robinson, it's interesting. People are very curious. If Trevor Lawrence ultimately just finds that rap, you know, finds that connection again with Etienne, and these guys are just moving, Travis Etienne is going to be the starter, even as good of a player as James Robinson is, because they got to make Trevor Lawrence as comfortable as possible. And if that's the way Travis Etienne is going to start, James Robinson should have a role. James Robinson is a very good player, obviously coming off the torn Achilles though, so you got to be wary there. But I think this Jags team, they should be better. I think they can push for five, six wins, maybe. That might be a stretch, but. Very curious to see Trayvon Walker, too. So I'm not going to spend any more time talking about this bad division. But, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Um, yeah, and we'll move on to the AFC West, the most interesting division in football. This is – what a division this is going to be, Rob. What are your thoughts on that? You know, give me your one through four. It's it's hard to really rank these four teams. I'm going to have a huge surprise at number one. And I've always backed them, except for one moment of doubt last year. So that should give you oh, a okay. Yeah, I know who it is. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs here. And this is fueled by my belief that they have the best player in the sport. I mean, outside Aaron Donald. I think that's key sort of in his, you know, Aaron Donald tier. If you were tier, doing a tier ranking, it would be Aaron Donald. This, I, you know, I think they have the best quarterback in the sport. Best quarterback in the AFC for sure. And that's, I think they have the best coach in the division. I think their coach, QB combo. And listen, I know Tyreek is amazing. I get it. But they still have Travis Kelsey there. I think... You can laugh at me all you want. I think Juju is going to have a huge year out there. I, 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 am very interested to see how Michael Harvey contributes, and I just don't see anything anybody dethroning the Chiefs. I don't, I, I, I just don't see anybody in this division beating. You know, the, the at the end of the day, the, the Chiefs have won this division for like seven years in a row. Yeah, 
Anderson, the Chargers are much better. The Broncos are Russell Olsen. The Raiders are a lot better, but I especially don't see the the Broncos and the Raiders challenging challenging the Chiefs. And that, that sort of brings me to my number two spot here. I, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I think you know the Chargers and the Chiefs are two of the top three teams in the AFC. Obviously, they have the Bills probably you know at number one as of right now. But you know, I I think that you know the Chargers they 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 paid Derwin James. They you know brought a ton of guys in, including J.C. Jackson, which should be absolutely deadly for their defense. I mean. This is going to be a great team. I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan. They're all offensive line finally solidified. They have a great receiving core, really good running back. You know, this is a team that really has very few weaknesses. But like I said, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to have the Chargers in second for now. Um, third, I am going to have the Raiders here. Um, that Raiders offense. And, you know, I think the player that, that tends to go most overlooked, and maybe he's not overlooked anymore because this has even become a little cliche for him, is Hunter Renfro is just, to me, that guy is not only a secret, but he's a monster. Like he is, he t- destroys you. He can, he's not, you know, like a sort of a gad secret gadget. Like this is a guy who could take over a game. Uh, mm-hmm. in, you know, I, I, you know, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. I, I think that all, these offenses are just absolutely freaking ridiculous. It, it, they, they really are. Uh, and uh, I'm a, you know, Derek Carr to me, you know, he's not on the level of these other three quarterbacks for me, but I still think that this guy is a really good quarterback. I, I think that I, I like the Raiders a lot coming into this year. Um, and then in, in last, I have the Broncos. And I don't think the Broncos are a bad team by any means, but, you know, you sort of cast a doubt about them in the past. You know, how is Russell Wilson going to fit in? You know, is he going to improve his play a little bit? How's that offense going to look around them? How are the wide receivers going to be? You know, look, they, they, they obviously have a solid, you know, a solid defense out there. Justin Simmons, obviously, and you know, other guys. But I, I just kind of think – I think they are the worst team in this division. And uh, obviously, you know, if Russell Wilson plays like weeks one through five, Russell Wilson the whole year, then, you know, they have a different shot. You know, he sort of tails off – he sort of had a habit of tailing off at the end of the year, the, year, the past few years. Um, but I, I still think, you know, all four teams in this division are very strong. And, you know, I, I might pick – the Broncos team and finish first in the AFC South, but I, I, I kind of just think uh, that that you know the Chiefs are, are very are Patrick Mahomes. That's kind of my, my 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 justification for putting them first. I'm uh, I'm a, in agreement with the last two. I am going to say the Chargers win this division, though. I think it's going to be very close. I agree. I, I think that the Chiefs. I think people have overrated their downfall or overreacted to their downfall this team's still going to be very good. Their defense got better. They got, you know, Trent McDuffie, George Karlaftis in the first round. Those picks are going to help. Obviously, you do lose the Honey Badger. You bring in Justin Reed, though, who I think is going to be a very good fit there. So this Chiefs defense, it's going to be good. The O-line is fantastic. You got Pat Mahomes. You got Travis Kelsey. And just offensively, it's just such a tough – it, this team is just so good scheme wise and they are just so good at making you miss and not know what's coming. And sure. Tyree kill. He's an incredible player. No one's doubting that, but they're going to be okay without him. Like you said, Juju, you have Marquez Valdez Scantling there too. Nicole Hardman, Sky Moore. They're going to be, we're going to see a, it's not going to be a, a, you know, just two guys. Like they are going to be rotating all these guys in using every sure. single guy in a different way. And it's going to be fun to watch. I am picking the chargers first though. I think, the Chargers are a team that these last few years have just had a – they just have not been able to get over that hump and get in the playoffs. I think this is the year that it's different. Offensively, that O-line just keeps getting better. Rashawn Slater is one of the best 
young tackles in the league. Corey Lindsley, arguably the best center in the NFL. They draft, uh, I believe, Zion Johnson. I always mess up who they draft, whatever guard it is. I believe I'm almost 100% confident now that it was Zion Johnson. So that O-line should be good. Obviously, you got Keenan on. You bring back Mike Williams. Eckler, he's going to be amazing again. And I think the key is just that defense. That defense last year was what gave them trouble that kind of held them back. You got you add J.C. Jackson, you add Khalil Mack, you add Sebastian Sebastian Joseph Day. Um, you know, there's just they just added so much to this defense that it's kind of unreal. And I think this team is going to be really scary. I think they're going to be really good. I think Brandon Staley is now going to be in his second year as a head coach. He did pretty good last year. He had some moments, obviously, that were not so good. But I think this team is just I think just talent wise. As good as the Chiefs are, as much as I like Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, the talent of the Chargers, I just think, is just going to be too much. I think they're just going to be – I think they're going to win the division. Number two, though, the Chiefs, I think that this team is still going to be so good. I would even say that in the playoffs, I would probably take the Chiefs over the Chargers because – and part of the reason is the Chiefs also are going to have that first-place schedule, which, you know, say you know say about what you want, but the Chargers will have it a little easier path, which – can make a difference when it's going to be separated so closely. But the Chiefs, I mean, this is just as good as a team as ever. I was shocked when they lost last year to the Bengals. I thought this team was going to roll into the Super Bowl, run away with it. I just thought they were too good, and it's pretty shocking to watch Patrick Mahomes lose in the playoffs. This team's going to be good. Patrick Mahomes, he just doesn't lose. Like, he, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this guy is like, free. Yeah, he's just – and Andy Reid, it's just – this team is just too good. Travis Kelsey's there. Obviously, he, Travis Kelsey is 33 now, though. So, there is going to be a point in which – and I'm not saying it's this year per se, but Travis Kelsey eventually is going to start, you know, you know, downgrading in performance. So, when that comes, it'll be very interesting. I'm not saying it's this year per se, but in the next two years or so, I, I don't think Travis Kelsey's going to be – you know, I think – you know, it's, it's safe to say he might be past his, his prime, but – who knows? I think the Chiefs are still going to be good. Number three, I got the Raiders. I mean, this shouldn't <laughs> surprise anyone who's watched any episode where we've talked about the AFC West. I'm not a big believer in the Broncos. I think they're a good team, but I just ha- like I just really have trouble predicting this team to go any higher than last in this division. Just because offensively, offensively, compare the Raiders and the Denver Broncos. You have quarterback, sure, Russell Wilson definitely has the edge, but wide receiver, the Raiders have Devontae Adams, who is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Hunter Renfro, who had an incredible season last year. And then at tight end, you have Darren Waller, who is obviously was banged up last year, but two years ago had an incredible season. Is one of the best tight ends in the National Football League. You got Josh Jacobs at running back, who's a great player. O-line is, you know, not the best, but neither of these teams really have good low lines. Denver Broncos offensively, like Cortland Sutton, he's had his good moments, no doubt. Jerry Judy, like people are acting like Jerry Judy has gone out and put up Jamar Chase numbers sometimes. Like Jerry Judy... I'm, and I always say this, I'm not saying he's a bad player. It's not even fair to him because he hasn't seen, he hasn't had a chance really to show what he's made of in these terrible schemes with these terrible quarterbacks. But until I see anything, I can't act like this guy is anything better than an average wide receiver in the NFL because that's that's what he's looked like in the NFL. And that's his performance has been average, if that. Average might be generous for how he's done. So, And I think he's going to be much better this year, 100%. I think this team is going to be a lot better offensively, but Compared to like Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, who are guys who are uh, one of them's the best in the NFL and the other is like a Pro Bowl level player. I just got to see it from these guys before I predict this team any higher. Defensively, they should be good, but I don't think their de- defense is anything that's so special that puts this team, uh, you know, at a serious advantage compared to any of these teams. So 
I got to put Denver last. Raiders, I do like the Raiders, man. This team, they were a playoff team last year. They almost beat the Bengals, and they got a lot better. They got Devontae Adams, obviously, bringing Chandler Jones, too. That's going to be good for the defense. Him and Max Crosby, I mean, that's going to be a fun fun D-line. That's going to be a tough, tough D-line for, for opposing teams. So I'm excited to watch. This division, obviously, is the best division. This is probably the most, I would say, how has the division ever been more exciting like all time going into the season than this. I mean, it's truly incredible. It's going to be yeah, fun to watch, but yeah, I got Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos. I'm not going to ramble on anymore. <laughs> all right, moving on to the NFC least, as it's known by. Um, Rob, I mean, we know who you're going to pick to win this division, but uh, how do you have the rest of it shaken out? Let me go with the Eagles, Cowboys, the Washington football team, and then the Giants. Um, you know, I was always going to pick the Eagles during the division, but Tyron Smith, obviously being out till potentially December. I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge blow for them. He's one of the, their most important players, arguably their best player, you know, maybe behind Micah Parsons at this point, which is kind of crazy to say, considering Micah Parsons is about to enter his second guy's year. a freak, dude. He's a that freak. Freaking a, a freak. He's a freak. He's a monster. He's going to be the best defensive player in the NFL one day. Absolutely, in my like, that dude is a is a freak. But you know, I've talked about the Eagles several times. I think they're very strong. Obviously, a lot's going to depend on you know the play of Jalen Hurts. But if he's the same as last year, I think the Eagles can minimally minimally win ten games because they won nine games last year. They have an easier somehow almost an easier schedule this year, and obviously they added AJ Brown, Hassan Reddick, a lot of they they just added a lot of pieces. I. You know, they're very strong in the trenches, the Eagles, and when you're in maybe a weaker division, that's sort of where, you know, things get exposed, uh, you know, or, you know, it's maybe easier to take advantage of, I should say, you know, in the six other divisional leagues. But I just think, I don't know, I'm, uh, I, I, you know, obviously a lot of bias here, but I, A.J. Brown just has me so excited, man. Like, I think that the, the team's potential is unlimited with him, with him there. I mean, they do really have an easy schedule. I'd be really disappointed if they really didn't win like 11, even 12 games this year. It, I I think they're more than capable of it. They've got veterans, you know, up front. Uh, they, they've got a really solid defensive backfield. Obviously, the safety position was a, is a little bit of a question mark. But, you know, Marcus Epps is getting wrapped back there. I wonder if they'll try to bring in another veteran safety. Obviously, it doesn't look like Tart may, may, you know, may not make the team. But, I look, I, I think the Cowboys will be good. I think they're very banged up. I think they've lost a lot of pieces. Um, obviously, you know, we, we've talked about it before, but, you know, Michael Gallup being hurt really just is not good because Cedric Wilson is is obviously no longer in, in, in Dallas. I mean, you know, CeeDee Lamb is going to have to have a monster, monster, monster year this year. And I actually think he, he probably will have a monster year this year, but I, I don't know. I just think that the Eagles right now are probably, a, probably the better team with Tyron Smith out, you know, for most of the season because if you look – at, at, as great as he is, and he'll be, you know, he'll walk into the Hall of Fame, Tyron Smith, obviously. But this is a guy who's a pretty injury-prone player over the course of his career, and you know, their records—I'll I'll just call them on-off splits. Basically, uh, you know, the Cowboys' record without him is not is not pretty uh, historically. So I, I think it's you know, sort of fueling a lot of of, of my predictions here. Uh, and then I just think the Giants are a freaking trash dumpster fire organization. I don't. Whatever, Brian Dable, Joe, Jim, you know, they're bringing in a new culture. I don't really care. They suck. They're a shitty organization. Uh, they have Daniel Jones playing quarterback. I don't really, like, 
you know, obviously Kayvon Thibodeau, is, you know, he avoided a serious injury, but he'll be out for the first couple of weeks of the season. Or, you know, he might make – he might – I don't think he'll play week one, but he may play week one. But uh, uh, also have Washington because I do think – I will give Carson Wentz one compliment, and that's that I do think he's significantly better than Daniel Jones. Yeah. I mean, I have the same standings. I think that Eagles, I think, are the best team in this division. I think they added a lot. They had a really good draft. Jalen Hurts, obviously the one question mark, but I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a good season. I mean, I don't think he's a bad quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Is he good enough to win a Super Bowl? I think is the, the question you have to start asking, and probably not. Um, I think, though, he is very good enough good enough to win, uh, you know, 11, 12 games, like you said, in the regular season. I don't think it's, you know, I, I just think with the Cowboys right now, like you said, Tyron Smith, but even before him, they just lost so much this offseason. They lost pieces just all over the place. You lose Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, like you said. Uh, you lose Lyle Collins. You lose some other guys on the defensive side of the ball. Randy Gregory, for example. Um, it's just a it's just a different team. And they haven't done anything with, with what they had last year. And who's to say that this year's gonna be any different, really, with you know, whatever they just didn't do anything. It's just not they're not good enough. And you hear Jerry Jones saying that, you know, we'll go as, as Zeke goes. Zeke is the engine of this offense. I actually think, you know, he that's a good point. I think this team's going to have to run the ball. And I think Zeke is – if Zeke is healthy and Zeke is performing, you know, maybe this is a different conversation. But, you know, Zeke has been banged up. Obviously, he's older at this point. So – but I, I agree. I think that this – the key for the Dallas offense is absolutely Ezekiel Elliott because if he's not performing and their run game isn't there – this team is screwed because passing wise, obviously Dak is great. CD is good. You know, a very good receiver. They just don't have enough otherwise. So Zeke, I agree in, in what Jerry Jones is saying that Zeke is the key for the Cowboys. I think they will be the two seed. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. They'll, maybe I guess the NFC is so weak that they'll, they might sneak in Washington at three. I think Washington, I think Washington Dallas is actually, I think that that gap will be closer than the gap between Dallas and Philly. I think Washington offensively, uh, you know, Antonio Gibson is returning kicks now, which is pretty interesting. But yeah. you know, Carson yeah. Wentz should should do a good job with Terry McLaurin. You know, Johan Dotson, the defensive side of the ball, I think will be pretty good. I think Washington. I think they're just like an average team, like like I've kind of said, like seven, eight, nine wins. Like you have a few of these teams in the NFL that are just average, and that's fine. Like they're, you know, they're just not good enough. And the Giants are just terrible. Like Daniel Jones, we we've seen it. The only thing about the Giants. I, they had a good first round last year. It's a good start. I'm very interested to see how Saquon does this year. Saquon fully healthy. Can he be this explosive player? He looks good. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very interested. I think he could be a – if Saquon gets back to form, it, I'm not saying it's going to change the Giants, but, you know, it'd just be fun to watch. At least the Giants would have something on that offense. Obviously, this Daniel Jones, watch- though. Can uh, the contract that was – yeah, that was bad. Uh, they, they've just obviously it's a new GM, new coach. So the Dave Gettleman era, Dave Gettleman is just he, unfortunately his mark is still all over that team, and that's the problem. They just at this point, Joe Show, Joe Shane has kind of come in, and and he's kind of just having to. They, I mean, they're just this year is essentially just they just have to eat this year, knowing that there's like no nothing they can do. They couldn't sign anyone. They just have to watch a terrible team and. Basically, just move on next off. It's pretty crazy. Like they just, yeah. It's they don't really have any pieces for the future too. I mean, obviously this this draft, Kadarius Tony looks good. 
he was injured, obviously, but there's just not much, not much to be excited about right now if you're a Giants fan. Just the truth of it. NFC North, next division. Honestly, this division is, I mean, obviously we'll both have the Packers at one, but how do you have the rest of it shaking out? It's the Vikings, obviously, will be at two as well. So I guess my question is, what does the, the bottom half look like? I'm going to go with the Packers, uh, Vikings, uh, Lions, and then the Bears uh, here. I think the Bears are the worst team in football, to be to be perfectly honest with you. Uh I, I really don't like to judge a GM off their first offseason because I'll probably end up looking – you there, Griff? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, sorry. It's just a little frozen for me. Um, Obviously, I don't like to judge a GM off their first offseason, kind of saying, but I think Ryan Poles has just done an absolutely terrible job so far. Um, Obviously, their best player wants to leave. And then, I mean, they were going to win three games with him on the team. I wonder how many they're going to win without him now. Where's he's playing, he said. Yeah, he did. But I, I, you know, I just, like, this is a disaster. And I really feel, I know you do too as an Ohio State fan. For, for, I don't know if you're an Ohio State fan. I don't know how much allegiance you have out there anymore. Still support them. If, yeah. North, if Northwestern's out of it. I know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad for Justin Fields. I really do. I mean, he he doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. He has no protection up front. Their defense is sketchy at best. At best. They have some good players, but at best that defense is sketchy. Um, they're, I, they're the worst team in football, football to me. Uh, and, you know, obviously, I don't think the Lions will be very good, but I'm a – I'll just be real. I'm a big Dan Campbell fan. I, I think he can inspire them to more than whatever the Chicago Bears. That's kind of basically what's driving that. And uh, in terms of the Packers, you know, not much more needs to be said about them than, you know, what people don't already know. They, they, they have an elite quarterback, arguably, you know, a top two, uh, the best quarterback in football, undoubtedly a top two quarterback in football. Um, and that'll be enough. Uh, you know, obviously, you can never predict Aaron Rodgers or what he's going to say or do next these days. But, uh, you know, I, I these are these are the last couple of years. I mean, the LaFleur-Rogers connection works. It's just that they haven't been able to get it done in the postseason. I mean, they've been dominant in the regular season. He's won 13 yeah. games three times every season. I mean, this is a dominant regular season team. They've been the best regular season team in football. It's just that they can't get it done really when it matters. So I, I'll go with the Packers again here despite losing Tay. I still think, you know, Aaron Rodgers will be, will be just fine over there. Um, and then the Vikings, who I actually think are going to be pretty good this year because – you know, I understand a lot of people are in Kirk Cousins believer. I think Kirk Cousins is, is you know, more than fine in the NFL, especially in the regular season. Um, I really am interested because, you know, Justin Jefferson said that he was really excited about this new offense. Uh, obviously, you said, you know, he was said he could see why Cooper Cup was open all the time. But, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of think that, you know, Zimmer was getting stale out there. They have a new GM, a new coach. I, 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 I kind of am excited about what, you know, hopefully this offense – because this offense has pieces. They have a good receiving core. Obviously, they have Dalvin Cook. This offense should not look as stagnant as it does, you know, 99% of the time. So, I, I really am interested to see what the Vikings do this year. Yeah, I have the same standings. I think you said it well. The Packers, they're just dominant in the regular season. Even though you lose Devonta Adams, you still got Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. I think they're going to have both big years. And, you know, someone in that re- – the receiving core, guys will get open. Like, it's kind of like the Chiefs. Like, 
they make guys who aren't as good as they are look a lot better than they are. So they should be good. And they have a really good defense too, even though they lost some guys. They they bring back Devondre Campbell, who was really good last year for them. So this team should still be very good. Vikings at two. Vikings, like you said, I mean, this offense, they've got the pieces. Like they have a lot of good pieces on offense. It should act, it should be a pretty good team. Justin Jefferson, I think, is in for a huge year. This guy, oh, he's going to get a hell of a contract next offseason. Um, it's going to be something if if he chooses to stay in Minnesota. Um, he is just unreal, and and this team should be pretty good. Like you said, you know, the new off, you know, Kevin O'Connell, I think, is going to be, I think he's going to be a good head coach. I, you look at what he did in, in L.A. and that team, you know, you, you study the mind of Sean McVay and you work right next to him, you're going to be, you know, in a, in a good spot. I know you're not as big as Sean McVay guy per se, but, um, you know, he is a uh, offensive mind uh, I at all. I respect what? Sean McVay. Here's – No, I know. I think that the media – sorry to interrupt here, but I, I just had to defend myself. But, listen, I respect Sean McVay a lot. I think he's one of the best offensive – I think he's the best offensive mind in the NFL, maybe after Andy Reid. And I think, you know, that this guy's an elite, elite head coach. He'll, he'll go into the Hall of Fame because he has all these accomplishments. He's age 36. But I just think that the media is a little excessive in, in in their praise for him sometimes. I think a lot of it's like, oh, Sean McVay's memory, this, that. Like, just let the guy coach. I don't know. I don't know. I like Sean McVay, though. I, you know, I just want to – But I think, I think this Vikings team should be good. Their defense hopefully will be better. That's kind of been their Achilles heel, I would say. Just They just have not had a good defense, really. But uh, hopefully it will be better. I agree, though, and with the rest of this division, Lions at three – Dan Campbell, you know, like you said, he's a really good spiritual leader in terms of actual head coach. Um, you know, he's got some work to do, but you know, he is, uh, he motivates people, uh, you know, like I've never seen before. And I think he's a, a great guy and, and how could you not want this guy leading your football team? I mean, he's just, he wants to win more than anyone. And, and you see that in the, his players and in the, in, in the lines and he's made the lines actually a fun team to go out and watch, even with Jared Goff at quarterback, as crazy as that is. And, They've got some good young pieces. They got Amon Ross St. Brown. Jamison Williams will be back at some point this year. Uh, DeAndre Swift's a heck of a player. And, uh, you know, defensively, obviously, Aiden Hutchinson's coming in. Uh, Jeff Okuda is Jeff Okuda is a very big wild card because at this point, you would say that, you know, he's probably a bust and, and you know, he's not going to mount to anything. But Jeff Okuda, you know, he hasn't had a full season. Maybe he plays a full season. Maybe he looks great. He could be yeah. a, a huge potential young piece for them. Who knows? I'm not expecting that. To be honest, if I had to say, I'd say, you know, I do like Jeff Okuda a lot. I, I just don't know if it, it's there for him. I, I just don't know at this point if you can say, you know, with all the injuries. But if this guy can, you know, show what he did in college in the NFL, you know, that's a piece people forget about. So I'm excited to watch the Lions. Um, I think this team should be better than last year. Maybe like four wins, five wins, if that. I don't know. Five's a little generous probably. But And then, like you said, the Chicago Bears last. You got to feel for Justin. Yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah, Kuda's had a pretty good camp so far as well. Is, yeah, I mean, yeah, with Jeff Okuda, but uh, yeah, the Chicago Bears, like, you got to feel for Justin Fields, like you said, like this guy kind of already got you know screwed over in the draft a little bit. Like people didn't really like him, and you know, maybe not screwed over, I should say, but you know, he fell. Uh, over is a good. One. I think I, I guess screwed over. I don't know. I, I felt like he should have gone higher. He was a really good player in college, and now you just look at the situation last year. With Matt Nagy, just an absolute disaster. And then this year, I mean, there's just darn. We're talking about Darnell Mooney, like he's just you know, and <laughs> this guy was gonna just. I mean, he's a fine player, but come on, now, Darnell Mooney. I mean, and there's no one else. I mean, David Montgomery, sure, he's fine, but 
Oh, you got to feel for Justin Fields. And it's just one of those situations. It, it, it reminds me a little bit of Sam Darnold maybe, but you know, I, I do believe Justin Fields is better than Sam Darnold, but just a situation where the kid just got put in a terrible situation right off the bat. And it just seems like it's just going to be a bad situation for the rest of, uh, you know, the, the four years or whatever. And you just got to feel for the guy. I mean, he's probably going to have a bad year because, you know, just how, I mean, he had a great preseason game yesterday. I guess you can look at that and he's shown the flashes. It's just, they're bad. The bears are bad. Their defense is bad. This team is going to be bad. I don't, I would say they're maybe second worst. I think the Falcons are probably the worst team in the NFL in my opinion. Um, but yeah, this team's going to be bad. The, it's not much more to say. I'm not going to waste my time talking about the Bears. You just got to feel for Justin Fields though, a little bit. Sure. NFC South, this division is a uh, it's it's actually pretty interesting. I would say. I mean, obviously you got the Bucks, who I think uh, both of us will agree are are going to win the division. But the Saints have you know the Saints might have a really good offense this year. The Panthers, you got Baker Mayfield. The Falcons, like I said just before, are terrible, but they've got some young guys on that offense. How do you see this division finishing? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I have the Bucks at one. I don't really think there's anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, we don't have to. It's not even like we're like they're the, Tom Brady. This team's going to be good. Yeah. Chris Godwin's coming back. Like they got the old line's the only issue. And then, like you said, obviously the Saints were five and two before Jameis got hurt last year. I'm not really sure why they didn't try to go out and replace him because they would have probably pretty easily made the playoffs over a team like the Eagles uh, if they had just not stuck with Taysom Hill. I don't really know why they did that, uh, but it, but you know, obviously, I guess they didn't want to give up any draft capital or anything like that for uh, a midseason upgrade. But you know, I honestly think that they'll probably be pretty solid this year. Like you said, I think one of those teams that could probably like win, you know, eight, nine, ten games. But I don't think there will be anything special. Obviously, I think James will be good. They lost Sean Payton, but you know, it's still going to be basically Sean Payton's team. I don't really think you know there's going to be too much turnover there, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this hinges on how healthy is Michael Thomas actually, uh, because he's healthy. Hurt. You know, like I don't know if this guy is going to be able to stay healthy at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, they'll be good. They have a great defense. Jameis will be fine. Michael Thomas will be like, I, you know, they like I said, I think they'll probably look a lot of, very similar to what, how they looked before Jameis went down with the torn ACL last year. You know, they, they were pretty good. Um, but I, I'll, I'll have the pan, I'll have the Panthers at three here with Sam Darnold starting. I would have had them last because Sam Darnold is not an NFL level quarterback. I really know how he's still in the league, but obviously, I think Baker Mayfield will definitely be way better than last year. He's playing in a low pressure environment. Uh, you know, he's obviously way healthier. He's got well, there's you know, pressure on him though. There's a lot of pressure on him personally. Fair enough. Fair, personally, there's a lot of pressure, on him, but I, you know, I. I guess Cleveland was in a lot, but basically what I was saying is Carolina is not exactly in a must-win situation. Cleveland had once they made that Odell trade. Cleveland had probably a, some of the most hype and pressure out of any of that, and out of any out of any NFL team in the last like five yeah, years. I, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm expecting him to play way better this year. Is the point? Uh, you know, <laughs> the way that I can put this best, I guess, is just that the Panthers have more NFL level players than the Falcons and neither of them even have that many to be honest, but uh, obviously JC Horn for the Panthers. I'm very interested to see how he plays this year. Obviously got hurt, uh, you know, midway through his rookie year. So we'll see how he plays. I, I, I'm just very, uh, I, I, I'm, you know, and then, then the Falcons, I just want them to play Desmond Ritter, to be honest. We know what Marcus Mariota is. Look, 
just throw Kyle Pitts the ball. I am in fantasy. That's all I ask. Just throw him the ball. But uh, I think Kyle Pitts is basically what I can say about the Falcons is Kyle Pitts will be a total fucking monster this year. I can say that's the only positive I can uh, I, I can give him. But AJ Terrell is one of the best quarter, quarterbacks in the NFL. So those are the two positives I can I can give the Atlanta Falcons. Who was the Falcons' first round pick this year? Um, it was a receiver. It was Drake London. Oh right, Drake London. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I have the same order: Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Falcons. Bucks, like we said, like this team is going to be good, really good again. Uh, the O line is the only concern for now, but you know they'll be okay. Uh, Saints, Jameis, like you said, they this team is pretty good with him. Um, and that receiving core is a huge upgrade over last year. Michael Thomas obviously is a little banged up. I don't know what his week one status is as of now, but regardless, you have Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry there. That's huge upgrades compared to last year. Alvin Kamara doesn't look like he'll be suspended either this year. So, you know, he seems like he'll be there. And that defense, like you said, really good. Panthers at three. The Panthers are a very interesting team because defensively they do have some pieces. They got Brian Burns. Uh J.C. Horn, like you said, like they've got some of these guys that are, you know, potentially really good. Um, offensively, it, it depends on Christian McCaffrey. Like even the quarterback play in Carolina these last few years, though, has been probably some of the worst I've ever seen. Like it's they've just not had even they had one week of Cam Newton where everyone thought this guy was the second coming of, of you know, they, they, they thought it was MVP Cam again. I've heard I'm done hearing about Cam Newton. You hear even. They asked Matt Rule, hey, are you going to bring back Cam after Darnold's hurt? I'm like, just can't. Like, Cam is done. He's what? I don't understand. Like, they're even talking. They're living yeah. in that Super Bowl season still where they lost in the Super Bowl. And Cam Newton, they just still think is on that level. I'm like, I, I cannot hear about Cam Newton anymore. He is he is so bad. I, I cannot. Like, this guy was terrible last year. It was He was as bad as any quarterback except for that Cardinals game De- where, you know. Jefferson. Oh, like, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It doesn't, but both of them suck. It, it's like Sam Darnold obviously sucks, but like, why are we talking about Cam Newton still? Like, this guy is just this, this Cam um, Newton, really guy you got. No, I've just heard so much. I mean, yeah, I've had personal things where I've heard a lot about Cam Newton, and it's just like I've been saying for four years now that this guy is not good enough to be in the league, and then I see something pop up on Bleacher Report the other day, like a notification, and it's like or a tweet or something. And they're asking about Matt Rule about Cam Newton, and I'm like. What if, did they not watch the tape last year? Like this guy was atrocious. Like you start Cam Newton, you're winning like three games the whole season. I mean, Bill Belichick couldn't even, you know, Cam <laughs> Newton got like beat out and by Mac Jones, man. Like, oh my god. Cam, I I respect Cam obviously because he was obviously like, yeah. It's just this point in his career, he's just washed. He he's too injured. I mean, he got really banged up in his prime unfortunately so he never really was cam newton in his prime was a freak of nature and you know had one of the, you know was one of the it's best a- quarterbacks out there in this generation in his prime yeah he's just so far from his prime at this point and that's just what i'm i don't want to act like a cam newton like this guy when he was good he was you know top three in the league like this guy was nuts well deserving of what he went number one right number one overall like well deserving of that spot. It's just at this point, like the craziest. I think Panther. I think Panthers fans just need to move on from. I know they'll always love Cam Newton. And I understand why they just need to move on. He's just not going to help you win football games at this point. For a crazy fact, Cam Newton won a national championship with two other future NFL players on his team. Two. 
That's crazy. That's he crazy. took it. I went six and six, transferred to Auburn, and then won the national championship the next year. Like, Who were the two players? Were they like were they relevant players? Nobody you would like. No, they and a national championship like will usually have like. All right, no more rambling of uh, of Cam Newton here. We'll jump to the NFC West here. Obviously, a very interesting division, the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Rob, your your predictions for this division? I would assume the Rams are one, but maybe I'm wrong here. Yeah, yeah, I have the Rams at one here. I'm obviously a little scared of you know Matthew Stafford's tendonitis that the Rams seem to be downplaying a lot. I'm not sure how much you can downplay tendonitis, but you know it's all right. Uh, I, I still am going to have them at one, though, because if Matthew Stafford is healthy, they'll roll this division again. This is a great football team. Their defense is unbelievable. The offense is great. I don't really know what else to say besides that. Um, at two, I am going to have the 49ers here. Uh, look, I think, like you said, just having Kyle Shanahan there is just going to be, you know, it's going to be so helpful for, for Trey Lance, I think. Obviously, you got to sit a year last year, learn, take things in. Having a strong camp, I I think all signs like this 49ers team should have should have made the Super Bowl last year. They choked hard. This is a great freaking football team. This defense is unreal. Like I think that the Ram, the Rams and the 49ers are are probably to me two of the four best teams in the NFC. Uh, I I, yeah. I I think that the 49ers, obviously. I don't think that Trey Lance will be worse than Jimmy G was last year, which is kind of what I'm basing this off of. And I think he'll probably even be better. And if he is, I think that the ceiling for the 49ers is quite high. Um, at three here, I, I'm going to have the Cardinals. Uh, you know me. I, I, I really don't think Cliff Kingsbury is it at all. Um, they'll be good. They're just not as good as the other two teams in this division. And I, I think they'll sort of be in a scrap for one of the last couple of playoff spots, to be honest with you. You know, obviously DeAndre. DeAndre is missing the six games this year, right? I'm not yeah, crazy. Six games, Am I? Yeah. Mm, yeah, six right. games, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, no DeAndre Hopkins for six games. That'll be really tough for them. So I'm gonna pick them to finish third in this division. And then obviously, you know, the Seahawks are having a G the Seahawks just named Geno Smith their starter, which is basically I can leave my analysis at that pretty much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we are going to have officially predicted the entire NFC the same. I have Rams, 49ers, Cardinals, Seahawks. Rams are, they're just a good, like this Rams team is so good. They have so much talent. Obviously, that offense, you bring in Allen Robinson. I feel like an Odell reunion still feels inevitable at times, but um, yeah. I really like the Rams. I think that this team is good. Their defense, obviously, you got Ramsey, Donald. Uh, they bring in Bobby Wagner. That could be interesting. That could be fun. Um, we'll see what happens there. 49ers at two, like you said. This is the 2-3, I think, is where it gets interesting. San Francisco, there's just so much talent. Like Debo Samuel, obviously, we saw what he did last year. I think he's going to have another huge year. Trent Williams is, is the best offensive lineman in the NFL. And then that defense, you got Nick Bosa. You got Fred Warner. There's just so many guys. And, and – they just do such a good job there. And Trey Lance obviously is the key. Like if Trey Lance, they, they traded all that capital for Trey Lance. They've invested 
everything into Trey Lance. So Trey Lance, like he, there is a lot of pressure on him to be the guy because they need him to produce like it. And I think he's going to be good. I think his, you know, I think there's a lot of things about him that are very interesting. Um, I'm very curious to watch how he plays this year though. And I think Kyle Shanahan, you couldn't have a better situation than this. Like you look at uh, Justin Fields and you're like, you could have a worse situation. Trey Lance couldn't have a better situation. Yeah. You're working with Kyle Shanahan. You've got Debo Samuel, a gr- good old line. Like it, this is a Trey Lance is set up to have success. So I'm excited yes. about that. Cardinals at three. Like, eh, like the, they're just eh. like, it's just, we saw what they did in the playoffs. Yeah. Last year. Like this team is not, they're not good enough to win a championship. They, they maybe they'll sneak into the playoffs, but I don't know. Kyler Murray, he's a good quarterback, no doubt. Um, you know, some of these weapons, you bring in Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore. I guess they're going for kind of a, you know, a speedy type offense. It's going to be interesting to see how that works. Um, defensively, you got, J, you know, J.J. Watt, who will probably have 20 injuries he's playing through by week seven, unfortunately. But um, or week three, I should say, not week <laughs> seven. Um, you know, J.J. Watt's a great player. They lose Chandler Jones. You know, Isaiah Simmons, I think, is the key. Like, this guy just... He's another one of those rookies that are not rookies, but like young guys who just has not lived up to the hype. And this kid at Clemson was just so unreal. And if he can, if they can tap into that, you know, in Arizona, it could be huge. So I'm, I'm excited to watch. Um, Who's their first round pick. They picked a corner, right? Or am I wrong? Um, No, you're right. They picked, hold on. I'll think I'll know. Did they pick Andrew Booth? Is that who they picked? I could be next Andrew Booth. I feel like they did. I'm not, I feel like Andrew Booth went second round to the Vikings. I'm trying because right. we mocked. We did so many mock drafts that uh, yeah. I clouded our. Uh... Yeah, like I, I forget who. I was. Oh, they didn't. Have, they traded their pick for Hollywood Brown. My bad. Right, right, right. They did. They traded 23 for Hollywood. Right. I do remember that? Um, Never mind. So forget what I was saying about that. And then lastly, the Seattle Seahawks, like you said, they're going to be bad. And uh, you hear Pete Carroll say they have two number ones at quarterback, though. So maybe this team will make a run. They got some real good players back there at the quarterback position. But, um, yeah, this team is – they are screwed. I mean, this team is – they've got nothing. I mean, they have nothing young talent-wise. It's actually incredible. I mean, who they, they picked uh, – was it Charles Cross, their first-round pick, right? Charles Cross? I believe I think it's lagging, but Charles Cross was our first render. I don't know. I'm talking to myself, I guess, right now. Yeah, but yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, hear me? Can you hear me? Greg? I can hear you. All yeah, right. Charles Cross. Yeah, um, so you know, hopefully, he pans out and looks good, but yeah, not much to be excited about. But that will do it for our uh, our standings predictions. I mean, it's I know there was. Five, I think, five divisions we predicted the same. So, I mean, it's tough to predict all these differently, but we've got some differences in there. It should be fun. should be a fun year in the NFL. We'll, we'll maybe check back on those as the year goes on and, you know, as those come to a conclusion. I do want to pivot, though, to some NBA news, obviously, that's happened in the last few weeks. Kevin Durant is going to be a Brooklyn Net. I'm not shocked. I don't think anyone's surprised by this. It never seemed like a trade was going to happen or come to fruition, but they committed to KD. So now you've got KD, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons. It's actually interesting because, like, the whole time, like, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie both disagree to stay, like, the Nets on paper should be a 
pretty darn good team. Like this team should be able to compete. Your thoughts on the whole situation, obviously, you know, there, there were thoughts that he might get traded, but it just never really seemed like anything was remotely even close to, to coming to, you know, reality. Yeah. I, I kind of just think it was interesting because, you know, obviously a report came out that the last team to really try to bid was, uh, were the Memphis Grizzlies, funny enough. Um, and they were unwilling to give up Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson, which is just sort of emblematic emblematic of how all of this has gone. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm still in the camp where I understand KD is 34 years old. I understand he's not going to play every regular season game. But if you're a team that's close, come on, man. This is Kevin Durant we're talking about. And I get it. And I understand people think he's crazy, blah, blah, blah. But, like, if I'm a contending team that's close to winning a championship and I know my team isn't good enough, a.k.a. like the Memphis Grizzlies, like, I love Desmond Bain, too. I really do. I think he's a really good player. But come on. You're telling me if you swap a sick – and I understand John didn't play a ton last year, but you're talking about swapping. You're talking about a Memphis Grizzlies team swapping Desmond Bain for Kevin Durant. I don't know. I just kind of think that's how it's gone, but, like, I'm not surprised he's staying in Brooklyn. I, 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 it sucks it turned out that way, but it, it is kind of humiliating for him to say, yeah, I want the coach GM fired. And then, like, turns out, yeah, you don't have enough power. I don't know. I, I just – I think the whole thing just reflects poorly on KD because he really – I think this is one of the first times recently, at least, I mean, you know, there's so many guys that have been able to just force their way, you know, around and precious person. Like the craziest part is like, it's not that the Nets were unwilling to trade them. They just like the suitors weren't willing to give up enough. Like it's Kevin Durant. We're talking about here. Like, yeah, you can be content winning 45, 50 games every year with your young guys and having a longer title window. But at the end of the day, you're still missing out on Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Are you still, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. I know my Wi-Fi is kind of all over the place maybe right now, but um, yeah, no, I think probably that for Wi-Fi is to be honest. Yeah. Um, no, but I heard, I heard what you said. I think that Kevin Durant, it's just like, yeah. Like I think we just saw teams that yeah. there's just teams that are just not willing to trade any young talent. And it's really weird. Like it's just teams clearly value their own pieces, their, their own young guys more than, you know, Katie and they never, I think Katie, we've obviously seen some stars get traded and uh, you know, I guess the most similar situation would be Anthony Davis with the Lakers getting traded. And I mean, you do look at what that took. It took Brandon Ingram, who was what the third overall pick Lonzo ball, second overall pick. They traded like the fourth overall pick too. I mean, they traded a, a ton for Anthony Davis. So you look at teams and it just seems like teams weren't willing to do that for Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. He was, you know, 25, 26, maybe when he got traded, something like that. I don't know around then he was still in his young, you know, prime potentially, I guess you were buying into and KD is 34. Um, He's still one of the best top, you know, he's top three player in the NBA. He is 34 though. And, you know, is he going to regress? No one knows because you look at LeBron, what he's doing and LeBron hasn't regressed one bit. So, you could be looking at four years of prime KD, in which case teams are stupid. I thought, you know, a team like Phoenix should have been way more aggressive. I think that, you know, that team is not winning a championship. They they weren't everything. If you paired Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant, I mean, 
Uh, that's as good as a shot. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah. McCall Bridges and, and Cam Johnson, these guys are good players, but come on, man. like this is their current team is not winning. Yeah, this is kind of- like it's, yeah. and now you've got the DeAndre Aiden contract, which is just going to eat salary. I mean, you're basically never going to be able to sign a free agent again with all those guys. It's it's tough, but um, I'm not surprised. I didn't think he would get traded, but you know it. And yeah, like you said, like the whole obviously the whole GM and coach thing being fired is kind of crazy, and yeah. that's going to obviously lead to some turmoil on. Look, Steve Nash should be fired. Steve Nash is not a head coach. Yeah. I don't understand how he's still the head coach of that team. Um, I we were saying this in the you know in the playoff time last year. Like this guy is just not a head coach. Say what you want about his no. NBA career, he's not a head coach. And um, you see all the the stuff on the internet about him doing the TikTok dances with the memes, and it's just like, oh my god, like a clown show in Brooklyn at this point. It, it's truly a clown show. It's crazy. I mean, when this team tr- signed Kyrie and Katie. How many ever years ago that was? It feels like 20,000 years ago at this point. But, um, right. you know, you look at where they're at now with just – it's just a circus. And who knows? I, I, I don't I don't even know what to expect. I'm not expecting this team to win a championship. I think they could be pretty good. I think they've got a lot of good pieces. But who knows? KD and, and it, it's it's always going to be attached to KD's legacy, the, the you know, requesting a trade, going to Golden State. You know, he'll he'll always be remembered for uh, for that and yeah. crazy. I don't yeah. know. I'm kind of it's crazy. Going another tires, basically. Yeah, I'm just like I just can't believe. I'm gonna reiterate: teams weren't willing to give up players like, and these are guys I really like. Like I'm just like getting them out there. I'm not calling them bums by any means because these are really good young players. Like Desmond Bain is a future perennial All Star, but like I just don't like he averaged 22 points a game like in. Second year, like this guy's a monster, but it's just like this is Kevin Durant we're talking about. No, yeah. This is a guy who is going, who is going to push you over the top. Like, I don't know, man. I it, it's just crazy to me that like people are valuing like, and the Sixers were doing it too, apparently with Tyrese Maxey. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, I don't. It's just just unreal. Like these players pretty- are like this is just Kevin Durant. I think it's pretty interesting yeah. to see this the difference in. Um, how teams operate in the NBA compared to the NFL. Like the NFL, like there is no hesitation when it comes to acquiring talent. Like teams are like you look at the teams that are doing good, like the Rams. Like they would trade, they'll trade every first round pick they can possibly trade for eternity to win. And you know, like you look at all these deals, and like you hear like teams are just not willing, especially in the NBA. Like first round picks in the NBA, I would trade like ten first round picks to get like a superstar. Like they just unless you have like a top five pick, it, they, the picks really, you're getting like a journeyman. Almost. I get not wanting, like I get with the, the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell, you hear like the, the Jazz one, the Knicks offers five first and like Obi Toppin. Like, yeah, that's a lot, obviously. And I don't think the Knicks should do that because I don't think it puts them over the top at by any means. And I think they would still be like a fringe playoff team at that. So definitely don't do that. But like, in terms of like Kevin Durant, like yeah, like I would have traded like ten first round picks for him. Like it, it doesn't make a difference at that point, it, especially if you're going to be, you know, able to win a championship. Like the Knicks, I get it. Like I would trade picks and I would do what it takes to get Donovan Mitchell, but it just doesn't put them over the edge. So you know, they shouldn't mortgage their entire future for a guy who you know maybe they'd be like a six seed. Like it's not a good move for them. 
I mean, I, 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 yeah, I agree with I agree with everything you just said, and I mean, in, in terms of the Jazz, I talk about a franchise in total, uh, total rebuild mode. Obviously, just traded, uh, acquired Martin Tucker, got you know Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook on the same team now, which should be fascinating because it seems like I, yeah, that did good. happen. We can talk about that. That was uh, yeah, I mean, I, the lake, the lake show, man. You, you gotta love it. <laughs> an interesting team to watch this year if everybody they finally got rid of Taylor Horton Tucker. If everybody stays home they did. Generational prospect Taylor Horton Tucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah yeah. If they like you said though like the Lakers theoretically should they should be sawed. I mean obviously you hear all this stuff about maybe they trade. They probably sh- – I don't even know. At this point, just run it back with Russell one more time and just eat the salary at the end of the year. <laughs> like, and just get get it, get it going. Like, and just see what happens, I think, at this point. They won that championship. I I know they wanted more, but they did win that one. And that will be, you know, they, I guess – They won one, and I understand it's blah, 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 no one's gonna care where the hell they want it. It's only that they, they you know. LeBron I think the bubble championship is more. The, the bubble championship. Yeah, I like, I don't was get actually one of the more. It was actually one of the more credible like champions. Like the MLB, you look at and with that weird sixty game was, season. Like the playoffs were a joke. Like yeah, the the Dodgers World Series that year. Like yeah, you, it's not fraudulent, but like it's it's a different level because you weren't playing in like home park. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess no one was playing in home parks, but like the bubble was like. Like that was a grind. That was a grind. Yeah, no, and it was it was it was definitely more entertaining than the baseball playoffs that year. To be honest, too, let's be real. I mean, I, I think everybody was like sort of tuned into the bubble because like it was sort of yeah. the first like organized sports action besides the we had seen in months. No, MLB was like yeah. a jo- bro. Like you know, MLB, every team in the playoffs except for our two teams, of course, they still couldn't even get the job done. Exactly, dude. The Phillies had to go so. The Phillies had two and six in their last eight games to make the playoffs that year, and they went one and seven in their last eight. It's just cl- similar with the Mets. I mean, the, the Marlins made it more recently than us. The rebuilding Marlins. Yeah, I mean, that Marlins. will change this year, obviously. But good God, yeah. I guess we'll yeah. pivot to MLB real quick to end this episode. I mean, we won't talk about it too long, but. Man, the NL East is just like the Atlanta Braves never lose. Like oh. I, I've generally never seen anything like it. Like when they lost last night, I was shocked. I mean, I, it's it's truly like a once in a lifetime experience yeah. when the Atlanta Braves lose. I mean, it, it's I'm worried about the Mets. I know they have an easy schedule, but I mean, all three of these NL East teams are, are really, really good teams. Yeah, and you know, like the Mets just own the Phillies, unfortunately. Like yeah. that's just how it. Like it's just like. The, the Phillies are, like, almost 30 games above 500 against teams not named the Mets. But it's just, like, it's crazy, man. Like, they, I've never seen one team own another Philly team as hard as, like, the Mets are. But like you said, like, the NL East is just, like, the cream of the crop in baseball right now. And it's just really – it's nice to see after being made fun of for so many years. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, obviously. Uh, you know, we did have an 87-win division winner last year. They, they won the World Series, to be fair. But they did win Yeah, we have two winners. of the last three World Series winners somehow. Yeah, dude, which is pretty crazy to think about, but uh, you know, but I, I like you said, like the Braves are not losing a lot of baseball games at a certain point. Like they're just, they're just not. Um, I, I, 
the Mets are unbelievably good, obviously. And look, I think these fill. I'm just excited to see what we can do with Bryce. I'll just say that we have another two more favorable series coming up against Arizona and San Francisco. Hopefully, push that out to like 25 games above 500, something like that. Hopefully, we can get out there. Like I, it just sucks that we're probably gonna have to end up playing either the Mets or the Braves. Like that's just how it's gonna end up being. And like, like because it'll just be the first wild card versus first the second wild card. And I, I still think. I have confidence in the Mets just because you you know you've been talking about you would play you would probably play the because the oh right the four and the five yeah you're right you're right yeah the four play each other I I you know I it just like the the NL East is just such a strong strong division and obviously it's all it's all great when we can all go beat up on the Nationals every once in a while but uh. Like you said, like the Braves just win baseball games. Dude. I mean, obviously, I hate you know, the Braves. So what happened I last night? But that was a brutal loss for them because they roughed up uh, Monty and uh, they still lost. But uh, yeah, I, I'm just obviously. But, but to me, I, I still think that the Dodgers are the best team in the NL. Uh, yeah, like I just think that their pace is crazy. Talk about it. Team, they, they did lose. Oh. They did lose. Uh, they got Stanton class yesterday. But um, yeah. this is a team, they're just a joke. I mean, I've talked about them a lot of successful weeks, but they're my World Series favorite. Freddie and Trey are just too good, and obviously Dustin. So, I don't know. They're very. They're going to be a very hard team to beat. But, like, the NL, like, NL is so, so, so strong. Yeah. It really is. I mean, the one thing Walker Bueller having Tommy John that was crazy. I didn't. They just like Walker Bueller just all of a sudden it's just like boom out for you know this year and next year kind of crazy. You know, hope he recovers. He's a great pitcher when healthy, obviously. But yeah, I mean the Dodgers are just a different tier. I, I mean, I watched. I went to the game. the The game they roughed up Sandy. I was expecting a Sandy masterclass, and they roughed up Sandy. And I was like, whoa, like what the hell? Like it's it's weird to watch. I mean, they're just such a good team though, and. You look at a guy like Joey Gallo who's gone there, and Joey Gallo has just been incredible there. I mean, he is just – and that's kind of what you expect. Like, yeah. Like, you just kind of expect that, and he's a good player. I just think the Yan- Yankees are just the, the, yeah, disgusting. Mom, I need your card. Mom, I I understand. Where's your card? Right Where's your card? Yeah, probably. Okay. Sorry about that. You're good. Sorry about that. Um, I can edit that out. You're good. Um, but yeah, the, the Yankees. You're good. The Yankees are uh, obviously, you know, Joey Gallo struggled there. He's coming to the Dodgers. Been great. The Dodgers are just loaded. Like you, the top of that lineup is just pure insanity. Like Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner. Max Muncy's been good. Joey Gallo's playing better. Justin Turner's pretty good. Will Smith. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, the starting rotation is the only thing that you – and the bullpen, I guess. So, I guess the pitching is the only thing that you can look at and kind of be like, I guess, really closer and starting pitching. And the starting pitching is pretty good. It's just they're just underrated guys. Like Tony Gonsolin, Keeney's been good, Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson was an all-star this year. I mean, the Dodgers are just stacked. Man. They're going to be a tough team to beat. Uh, I think it's going to require elite starting pitching, and that's why I think the Mets have a shot. I think that offensively the Mets do not compare, but starting pitching-wise, I just think the middle middle relief in the Mets, I think, is going to be their kryptonite. And if if they do ultimately lose in the playoffs, it will probably because of, via that 
it'll probably be because of that middle relief. But yeah, I mean, we're just rambling all over the place. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the NL East is just insane. It's going to be a very fun division down the stretch. Obviously, you know, I think the Phillies are, are out of the division race at this point. They'll be a wild card team, obviously, but Mets, Mets Braves is going to be tight. And the whole NL is going to be very interesting. The AL... It really seems to be a – I mean, the AL wild card is actually pretty pretty interesting. Um, even though I don't think any of those teams have a shot to do anything, maybe the maybe the Mariners do, but or the Blue Jays if they get hot offensively. But I, I guess that J-Rod extension, like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, if he was on the Atlanta Braves, obviously it would have been 11 years for $50 million. But, um, you know, he, he got a pretty good payday. Yeah, no, he did. And uh, I think – like I think that like incentive laced contract is really interesting because you know he could be making two hundred, but like it's I'm crazy. I'm hoping that this stops guy, this brave. I'm hoping that stops this Braves nonsense with these contracts, dude. Like it's, I've never seen. It's create like I'm expecting any day now. Dansby Swanson signs like six years, fifty million dollar extension, just like some okay. <laughs> or Max Fried's extension. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No, this is a this is a really good uh, you know like I I'm just really interested to see this incentive lease contract because if this guy wins two MVPs he's guaranteed three hundred fifty like basically he just needs to be as good as everybody thinks he's gonna be everybody thinks he's gonna be and like he'll get you know like like you said though like it just sucks to see like you know the the across the country Mariners who uh, will never play and you know the. Time, time, you know, down maybe not to this team friendly contract. Then the Braves basically have four like wage slaves out over there. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and they got they, Michael Harris. Like, dude, I under and I get like these guys want to get money yeah. quicker, and like I, I, I'm all for it. But like, dude, come on, like stop, like stop. It just gets ridiculous. Even Austin Riley's contract. Austin Riley's been a top three, a top three player in like the league this year, and obviously he got two hundred yeah. million dollars, which is like life changing money. And the guy's never going to have to worry about, you know, spending whatever he can spend whatever he wants. But like, dude, you're making 21 mil a year. You could have been making like 35 mil a year. Like, <laughs> it's just like, what are we doing? Yeah. The Ozzy Albies contracts, the cream of the crop, though. That's the greatest yeah. one. What is it? Seven for 35 or something? Correct. For 35. Five million a year. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. And he's like a two, three time all star. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like and dude, their I their voodoo magic is like something else. Like they every series, it's like Mike Trout, he's gonna be out this series. Nolan Arenado had like a kid the first game of the Cardinal series. Like I don't know what is going on. Like it, it's it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, they they say every, yeah, they just keep winning, except for last night. But they just keep winning. Yeah, they'll probably rip off for like a 12-game win streak now after last night's loss. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that kind of does it for now. I don't think there's too much more to talk about in terms of MLB. Um, obviously, though, NFL, two weeks from today is the first day of the, you know, obviously we're less than two weeks from the first game of the season, which is going to be a heck of a game. Bills-Rams, what a what a, what a game. But, um, I mean, I'm super excited for this NFL season. We're obviously going to be covering more. More and more as we get closer. So next week, stay tuned. We'll we'll probably tap into some you know weekly predictions, maybe for week one. Maybe we'll do some fantasy football stuff. Even though I know a lot of people will have drafted by then, but still some some fun fantasy stuff. Um, thank you guys for watching. Though I know it's a little bit of a long episode, a lot to talk about, but it's been a fun one. 
Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Instagram at Outside the Arena Podcast. Our Instagrams will be in the description as well if you want to check us out there. And yeah, expect a lot of fun content coming soon. We'll see you all next week on Outside the Arena.